and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. So, I'm a sucker for self-improvement tips and programs, even though a lot of them require me to make many changes and experiments to find a version that works for me. And one of the one that's most recommended by lots of people is meditation. And I'm talking today not about the practice of it, but its effects on me in my latest trial. And it's a trial that is one of many because I have attempted and abandoned meditation literally dozens of times in the past. Um, and this is an account of my latest attempt. Will I succeed? Stay tuned. Enjoy the show. Earlier this year, I decided to take another stab at the meditation thing and promised to report whether I'd stuck with it. Over about the past six and a half months, I've used the app for 180 days racking up a whopping seven hours and nine minutes of Zen time at an average of two minutes a day. Two minutes! Humbug! Someone might scoff. The experts recommend 20 to 40 minutes minimum. Wimps can make do with 10 minutes, and rank beginners should shoot for five minutes. What possible benefit can be achieved from just two minutes a day of, well, anything? My answer is that meditation has helped me shake one bad habit. Over the past few years, I've become over-dependent on background noise. Headphones, YouTube, television, radio, CDs. I've enjoyed and learned from a lot of this content, but the unacknowledged need that the noise fulfilled was to crowd out unpleasant thoughts and flash memories. The cost of my discomfort with silence, or at least the ambient sound mix of the world around me, was increasing. My sleep wasn't as restorative. I couldn't think or concentrate for as long as I wanted. I wanted to be able to take a walk without a playlist, make dinner without the news blasting, or go to sleep without the radio on. Meditation has helped me reconnect with quiet. After about four minutes, my finger itches for the TV remote, so three minutes is my limit currently. And a couple of minutes is plenty of time to breathe a little, enjoy the morning sky, identify the places where tension collects, and imagine any tough thoughts as clouds that will blow away with a breeze. Of course, those thoughts will blow back in unexpectedly at some point because that breeze just loves to change things up. Without the background of organized noise, my brain finds music everywhere. The four minutes and 33 seconds kind, that's a uh, famous composition by John Cage, where the artist keeps the piano lid closed, and the music is whatever ambient sounds are around. The printer popping out paper, the soft percussion of my fingers typing this blog, the dopplers of passing cars, the washing machine, in furioso mode at the moment, motor rumbling in A-flat, low horns and trombones, plus sixteenths and fours and sixes that shake the firmament. Or the basement. I'm also more conscious of the music in words. 
which came first, speech or song? Nobody knows. It's fun to read the speculations, though. Maybe we started not with our vocal cords, but with our bodies, a sign language that gradually added sounds. Maybe speech came first, and then singing, which intensifies speech pitches and rhythms. Maybe dancing and singing came first, then speech. Or maybe speech and singing developed in tandem. All of them feel possible. In the ambience, phrases and words turn themselves into tunes in my head. One of my favorites, old addresses, most of them nine or ten syllables, which is a good length for a musical idea. 5713 Telegraph Road two-bar chant in the course of a mid-tempo 4-4 jazz number. The drumstead singer set stinger, like prum, followed by mellow saxes and trombones. 1100 South Highland Street. Two measures of a scherzo, the notes scampering up and down. 6022 Indigo Road. The top of a country song chorus lamenting a lost love twangy guitars and a counter melody on violin. Even the unwanted thoughts that the breeze blows in are defanged a bit when I set them in a circus march or a Muppet song. My current home has a short address, just six syllables. Let's call it 146 B Street. This becomes a waltz in my head. The number's the first quick measure, the B occupying the first two beats of the second, the street on beat three, start of a beautifully swirling melody. I may write it down someday. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. Besides helping with quiet, another thing meditation seems to have produced lately uh, is a kind of noticing and grabbing on to little pleasant moments. Sometimes those involve walking around my house singing my old addresses. Sometimes they involve just looking at some grass or uh, just smelling the air after the rain. And I was reading uh, a poet called Robert Herrick this morning. He was a cavalier poet who lived in the 1600s in England. And I found uh, two poems that were kind of on facing pages, and one was about how boring it was, life in the country, and the other was about how fun life in the country was, um, especially with all the animals around. He has a rooster and a hen and a, and, and a lamb and a cat and a dog and a serving maid. Um, and he finishes the poem about how much fun life in the country is, um, with this wonderful line, where care none is, slight things do lightly please. And I loved that line because at the moment, slight pleasures are, are the most important for me, and they're kind of fun. There's a link to my WordPress blog in the description box if you'd like to read the original or check out some of my other essays. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well. <laughs>